Alright, that's enough time. Stupid cat spilled my water. Good <laughs> thing it was on the floor. Cat stopped meowing though, I don't hear it anymore. Yeah, I, I think she's eating right now. Um, she's not eating much, so it's like I can't get mad for her for eating. But like, it's an old cat, so they're worried like it might be cancer if she's not eating. And I was just like, do I have to be nice to this cat? God damn it. It's a cat. Good thing. I think this 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 part is getting cut out because it makes me sound like a horrible human being. Welcome to the Intersect, a podcast about whatever we feel like talking about. I'm your host, uh, Michael Brunage. Joined with me is my co-host, Noah Kut. Hello, hello. Um, talk about whatever you want to talk about. Well, it's also just a lot of current events. Yeah, mostly current events, tech, politics, if we're bored, uh, video games. Okay. It's just all our interest. Uh, so let's get started. Yeah. Uh, I can start. Yeah, how's, how's, how's um, uh, your last two weeks been? Yeah, so, so I've heard you guys enjoyed when I talked about my hike according to Olivia here, and I felt like, you know what, uh, it is nice to be able to talk about a little bit of what I'm doing lately, and so these last two weeks, a beautiful two weeks, honestly, with the weather, uh, wait, no. It's been way too hot. It's been way the too hot. The week before <laughs> yeah, last week was, was raining a lot, thunder, this week is just toasty, and I don't know, I, I kind of like the hot weather, because it's also been really sunny these last days, but... Um, it's make, it's, it's been a little tough to go running. Yeah, no, it's too uh, hot, man. I, I don't know about you in the Cape where it's like nice and cool, but, uh, just, it was like 90 degrees today. I had to do a small CVS run, like one and a half miles away. I was sweating buckets. Like when I went to the store, I was, I was sweating so much at the store. I was like, yo, please, please don't think I have Corona. I just, I just am sweating mad hard because it's so hot outside. I'm perfectly healthy. Uh, okay. Um, it's like usually 70s here. It's not that hot. Um, on the other hand, it's really humid. So whatever I go out and run, at first it feels okay until you start sweating and you realize numb just sweat goes off your body. It just sticks to you. So like I go running, it's in possibly hard to cool down because your water's not evaporating off your body and the thing is as soon as i arrive finally back home i'm just drenched like i sit down you literally see the marks of my ass on the deck it's it's pretty bad yeah no it's just bad it's way too hot man wait like how is it where you're at like here it's 90 degrees is it like the same temp as for you no, 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 I said 70s. Oh my god. It's really nice. So great. It's usually just sunny. It's it's really good weather, and as long as you're not really doing anything exhausting out, it's, like, really nice to walk outside and all that. But, you know, running, kind of tough. I, I try to run now, like, early mornings instead. Yeah, I've been trying to, like, go out, like, late afternoons, like, 7 p.m. type thing before sundown, but, like, you know, it's not, at like, 80 degrees, 90 degrees sun. But, yeah. I mean, I've also just, like, been staying inside. I'm looking at apartments for the next year because um, we're open, mixed campus, online and in-person classes. So I've just been looking at places to stay. And Fancy terms. Like, are they using the term hybrid courses and such? Yes, we are in a hybrid uh, reopening. Nice. Yeah, uh, very much. I'm very much having the same thing happen at the college where I am at. So, it seems like New York State is looking into reopening. The only thing I do not know about yet is athletics. Uh, well, the Ivy Leagues, they canceled their athletics. Um, there are some several, like, D1 uh, conferences. I don't really know how D1 works. Half the, half the school in my league uh, canceled athletics, um, which means it's not looking very bright uh, in terms of if I'll be doing cross-country next term. But, uh... You know, at least with cross-country, you don't need to be in season to do it. You can just go running whenever. Yeah, but you just miss that competitive aspect to it. Oh, some people uh, are really going to miss racing. Like, that's a big thing for a lot of runners. It's They want to race. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just how we're dealing with the situation right now. A lot of places 
to reopen it's uh it's a big ask like whether you're in a rural area like your school's at like union in schenectady like it's a very small town and like you're in, they can't handle like a huge increase of like pandemic cases or yeah bring people in from all over the country that's a big risk oh no the cat has returned <laughs> This okay. cat shows up whenever I'm recording. It's really bad. <laughs> Will we be hearing cats in the background? Yep. If you uh, the last episode, there was tons of moments where the cat just showed up. Meowing. Yep. Say hello to the cat for me. Yeah. Noah says hi, Ocho. Ocho, say hi to the podcast. No. Okay. Can I stop <laughs> making noise now? If I pet you. Yeah, this this is uh, my recording session. This is why I want to place to myself. So, there are no cats. Well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, yeah, talk about sports in college. I'm trying to think. Oh, uh, other thing that happened, mainly starting in the last week, is I'm doing uh, online courses now. Finally started them up. Really weird to do online courses because I'm used to the small... I go to a small liberal arts college. It's kind of weird to be now uh, doing online courses with a big uh, state college. I'm doing them with UMass, and it's just, it's a very different vibe. You don't interact with a professor at all, ever. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like your typical NYU big lecture room. <laughs> I so know. For me, for me, it feels normal. Actually, some professors have said, like, um, I'm not taking summer classes, but, like, during the spring, they're like, oh, I actually get to know some of your names now. <laughs> yeah. Um, another thing, though, is also on the Cape, currently, uh, a lot of job openings right now for people who want to work in hospitality, because all the hotels, uh, were not expecting to actually have so many people come to visit the Cape. Considering the current situation, normally people shouldn't be traveling. And no, it makes sense. The Cape is low density. Yeah. It's the cities where you're not going to see a lot of people. So, actually, there's a lot of people going to the hotels right now around here, and suddenly they're all asking out for anyone who wants to work in hospitality. It's like, you get pretty good pay and all that stuff, and that's interesting. So, I've actually tried to see a few positions and see if there's anything interesting that's part-time. What, what's, what's the pay rate, Noah? Uh, well, to me, it's not good because it's not the same as an engineering internship, but like $15 an hour for something with very minimum effort not a bad right, deal. Make a make make a room at your place. I'm going. <laughs> all right, all right. But yeah. Uh, only thing is, hospitality is kind of tough though because I'm not used to interacting so much with customers in like a specific way. I've always been more the engineer and such who works in the background and does more of the technical stuff. Yeah. No. It's. Oh, great. The cat spilled my water. No, I mean, it's just a difficult situation to be in. And, like, it's it's just weird how the world adapts. Like, yeah. just seeing, like, just even, like, the apartment search, just seeing, like, prices go down on rentals is just, like, insane. Like, you're seeing, like, a 10% drop. Oh, my God, it won't leave me alone. You're seeing a 10% drop in, like, rental prices over the last couple of days. And, like, a lot of things are going on. Mhm. All right. Uh, actually, I think we should just jump in to like why the why the world is so weird right now. Okay. Uh, let's actually get to the news now. Yeah. All right. So coronavirus. Every da, da, da. time we start with coronavirus. I mean, yes. you can't you can't stop talking about it. All right. First, I mean, we're gonna switch things up. Normally, we talk about the U.S. first because you know we live in the U.S. And oh, so we're going most... international. Yeah, so we're going to start international instead of, like, mentioning it afterwards. Okay. So, there, it could be said that the U.S. has had the worst response to coronavirus except for one country that has managed to do worse. Uh, and that country... Uh, Brazil. <laughs> yes, Brazil. Uh, so, for everything that we criticize Trump for doing, uh, the president of Brazil, Jair Bolsonaro, has done the same thing, if not worse. Like, uh, Bolsonaro has held uh, conventions and rallies outside their uh, their capital, and he's been, like, touching and, like, grabbing people, like, kissing people at, at his rallies. Like, they're very close proximity. Uh, he's been doing that for, like, the past, like, couple months. Um, they've been uh, floating hydro... hydro 
hydrochloroquine like the drug that we thought was a wonder cure until we found out that it either had no medical benefits or slightly harmful um brazil has went through three different health ministers because uh bolsonaro keeps firing them so uh, that's the equivalent with like fauci got fired every like two weeks every like month uh, for disagreeing with donald trump so brazil's been bad and i don't know if we should call this karma or what would be a good word for it like retribution fairness uh Jair bolsonaro tested positive for uh, coronavirus this week well it, it, uh, yeah he did test positive for coronavirus um I'm trying to recall the other big politician I remember getting affected by coronavirus was Boris uh, Johnson. Boris Johnson. Um, yeah. Except, here's the thing I'm kind of curious about. I felt like Boris Johnson took the issue a lot more seriously after he got sick. I feel like that's yes, not going to be the case very with much so. Bolsonaro. Well, it depends. Because, uh, so, Boris Johnson, he didn't take it... He, I don't want to say he didn't take it seriously, but um, he was trying to do something called, like, he was trying to achieve herd immunity. Yep. So the idea is, like, we'll have the disease spread as quickly as possible, and then we'll have a certain level of immunity, and we won't have to, like, deal with, like, massive amount of death or, like, a sickness afterwards. But the problem is that to achieve herd immunity, you need to get people infected first. Oh, you need, like, 80% was it 80 90 percent of your country to be infected first yeah so 80 percent of the population getting infected by a disease that has a what nine percent mortality rate uh fully treated it's around it's around like two percent one to three percent i think you, you can't have hospitals maintain at well, least I'm, I'm just saying like under ideal circumstances okay. And uh, I don't know, maybe now because we have remdesivir, like the odds of survival are a little bit higher. But yes, uh, at the time, it was around like 3%. And um, because of the what the UK was trying to do, they, um, they were not taking shutdowns, they were not taking lockdowns. And after Boris Johnson got sick, and when I say he got sick... He, he had, they, they had to like have nurses on him 24-7. Like he could have reasonably like died. Yeah. And then he took it seriously. So I hope that's what the that's the path that uh Brazil's gonna take and that they're gonna take the coronavirus seriously and that they'll be fine. But it, it might be too late uh, to some extent. Too late for the maximum benefits, but if say they were to take drastic actions a week from now, that could still save maybe thousands, hundreds of thousands of lives. That so, is very true. Uh, but also, I don't know, from the way it sounds like it right now, he isn't taking it that seriously. He started taking hydrochloric... Uh, hydrochloroquine? Or hy yeah, hydrochloroquine. Hydrochloroquine. Yeah. yeah, that's a weird word to pronounce. I mean, every medical term is a weird word to pronounce. True. Um, so he started taking hydrochloroquine, and uh, I don't know... I, I, it's just I haven't heard much about him slowing, uh, changing the way he's approaching the whole disease. I mean, I really hope like it works out for him, and I hope that he's like safe. But um, honestly, pers yeah, it's probably... well, personally, I don't, I don't want anyone to die. Will I feel bad if he dies? That's a different question. I just personally don't want anyone to die from this uh, disease, especially when they don't have to. True. Um. <laughs> Right. But yeah. In general, wishing death upon someone though is not a great thing to do either. Yeah. Um but yeah, like continuing on just to explain how like coronavirus is just like it is a hard problem to deal with. So like uh parts of Australia shut down recently because there was an outbreak in like I think the the southeast region over there. Southeast. Uh parts of Spain shut Isn't shut that down. like one of the really rural areas? I have no idea. I think there was a big city in the southeast, but most of it is all like on the western... Oh, wait, no. Most of it is in the eastern coast. Southeast is the really populated area. I'm thinking okay. of west. I, okay. I, I don't know. I don't know that much about uh, Australian geography. Okay, yeah, so in Australia, the southeast is basically the most populated area. Yeah, so there's a whole region of Australia that shut down because they had an outbreak. And mind you, they were one of the, like, an early actor, and they were doing really well at first. 
and they had an outbreak, so they had to deal with that. Um, well, hopefully uh, they get that fixed. Yeah, Spain had a had a had an outbreak uh, too recently. They had to shut down. So this is going to be like an ongoing issues for countries. Okay, maybe not Spain. We no one says Spain dealt with it well, but at least like Australia, even countries that dealt with it well initially, it is a hard like battle to fight against this uh, pandemic. Oh, for sure. And well, it's great to make to like look at other countries and be like. Oh wow, that's bad. Honestly, like outside of Brazil, the US is so bad. We have some numbers here. Yeah. So do you so today as we're recording this, Saturday, July eleventh, the US has recorded fifty-two thousand additional cases. Oh. That's uh if it's not a record, it's like near the record that we've been like doing this whole week. Like, this week, we've just been breaking records for coronavirus, except for deaths. Deaths, uh, deaths hasn't gone up that much, but since, like, February, we still have uh, over 136,000 deaths because of coronavirus. Is 136,000 the total number? Yeah, the total number okay. of uh, suspected coronavirus deaths. Okay, and um, so what is the current state that is still considered to be the epicenter of coronavirus at the moment? Uh, right now it's Arizona. They have um, they actually have the highest like a uh, density of coronavirus, if that makes sense. Okay, I'd imagine in Phoenix. Uh, I don't know. I yeah, Phoenix was a big uh, epicenter, and it's getting really bad in general in the area, and it's really something that we that the U.S. should really address because. New York, in a certain sense, if it was going to have a bad outbreak, it's better that it went first because New York has the money to like to like uh, build up its resources. And because it was the only place that was that badly affected at first, a lot of doctors came from other parts of the U.S. to help supplement New York's healthcare system. Yeah. And mind you, New York went to the brim. Like, I think uh, I think it was like 98 percent. If it went up by two more percent, your entire like healthcare system of New York City would have collapsed. Mm-hmm. So right now, uh, Arizona is getting really close. They're adding capacity right now, so they're trying to raise the bar. But like, if there aren't a decrease in coronavirus cases soon, it's gonna be bad. Uh, well, yeah. Um, I'm just trying to think of something. I had a previous discussion. Uh... I think it was during lunchtime, where I was talking about coronavirus and the fact that a lot of people suspected there would not be as much of an issue as it starts to heat up outside. Yeah, um, yeah about I that. Was hope- I-, I was hopeful. Uh, about that. It's weirdly the southern states that tend to be a lot hotter that seem to be impacted the worst at the moment. Okay, yes, part of it could be cultural and uh, political, because there's a little bit of a divide between the south and the north. But I was also going to say, you, you know what, I think a big thing to uh, argue is also the use of AC is really helping spread it out in the South. Yeah, that is the new, that is the new consensus. Like, staying indoors, air circulation is a big reason this disease spreads, and the South, like, what is it, Arizona gets up to, like, 120 degrees it's easily. It's impossible to live there without AC. Yeah, like we, I, I was complaining about ninety degrees. They're at one hundred and twenty. Like yeah, so so I just want to point out, like you see, while the weather outside could be getting warmer and it could in some ways help things, it's not helping because of the way uh, we rely on something like AC to help us survive in these really warm areas. Yeah, because no one wants to go outside when like plastic melts. Yeah, there's just an interesting thought I had, and I start realizing, hey. You know, the, the, the weather outside isn't really helping the situation, even though it is what people said earlier on. Yeah, even though, like, Arizona is right now is doing really poorly, that's not even where the craziest number comes from, like, this week. Okay, so like, let, let's go to Florida. Yes, Florida. The, was it, the punching bag of the United States? Yeah. The armpit, I've heard also. <laughs> it's the armpit of the United States. Uh, yeah. Um, 
whenever something's crazy happening, like 50, 50 chance it's, it's happening in Florida or, you know, anywhere else in the U S like 49 other States. It's 50, 50. Yeah. All right. Um, so we, we realized that there's one County in Florida that had a 28% positive case. Uh, it's, Wait, you want to explain it? Yeah, let's explain case positivity. That just means the amount of time, it's the people who are getting tested, and it's how often does it come back positive. You might think 28%, that means, what, almost three quarters don't get it? Like, that's not a good sign, because most people who have the disease will, won't get tested, because if, especially if it's a mild strain. So one in four people uh, who are tested test positive yes over one in four people and yes with the recommendations for opening up and stuff you they want you to be under 10 percent, and like 10 percent is like the limit of where it's okay but the thing is that they're not opening up they haven't even closed down well yeah they were in the process of reopening up and like uh we'll talk about it a little bit more later you're gonna open up a lot more very soon uh, well, so, so so we were talking about that. Uh, we were talking about this right before um, recording, and I actually just threw out a wild guess for what county we had that current issue happening within the Florida, and uh, turns out it's Miami Dade County. Yeah, which is so. It is typical probably the Miami, most populated, but it's bad. Probably the most populated county in the state. Yeah, Miami-Dade County has the city of Miami, which is the biggest city in the state. <laughs> yeah, so that's pretty bad. And also... Uh, that's um, an understatement. <laughs> the, the problem for me is I was jokingly guessing Miami-Dade because I see... To, to me, it was like, it's just such a big county that I would not expect it to be over there because that'd just be so bad. Unfortunately, yeah. the news came back as, oh, I am right. It is in the worst possible county to have this happening. Yeah, when, you, when, when we saw the 28% uh, case positivity rate, I'm like, okay, it's going to be some random rural area, right? And when you said Miami-Dade County, I was like, nah, there's no way Miami has 28%. That's impossible. And I Googled it. And we were both very disappointed with the news. <laughs> so, like... It is bad. It, we're talking about one of the largest counties in the U.S., period. Miami's one of the biggest cities in the U.S. Like, that's not a good sign to have a 28% case positivity rate. Yeah. And here's where it gets worse. So uh, this is going to be like a top. We're going to like split this part in two. But there's a huge push right now to reopen like public schools in the country, right? Come fall. Well, for us, it's fall, mm-hmm. right? So, Florida as a state is one of the earliest states to open. Like, uh, I don't remember the exact date, but it's like within the first week of August that uh, Florida opens. Yep. So, right now it's July 11th. Say it opens August 1st. That's 20 days. Right now, because of the way Florida's lockdown orders have uh, happened, we can't expect the numbers to drop significantly for at least another two to three weeks. Hmm. And that's under, like, if uh, Florida just went to New York route and shut down everything. And um, Governor DeSantis, he's a Trumpian guy, very Trumpian. He doesn't want to shut down the economy. He's like... It's either the economy or COVID, and we're going to protect the the economy. We're going to protect people from uh, going bankrupt because the economy is closed. People can die. Walk it off, I guess. And, you know, I I have friends in Florida, and right now they're telling me that basically half of the people over there are living life as normal. You'll see most people don't wear masks and they do whatever they want and they don't really social distance. Uh, but also another thing is my friends even tell me, hey, we can literally just go to an attraction park and it's open. It's as if nothing is happening right now. Yeah, uh, Disney World is opening soon. I, had, I don't know if there are like, probably by the time people hear this, Disney World will be open. Disney, yeah, Disney World. Disney World will be open. In Orlando? Like, yeah, in Orlando. So, one of the biggest attraction parks in the world. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's, I'm sure, It's gonna though, be great. Um, that they will still proceed to put some kind of uh, regulations in place because, you know, it's still an attraction park and they gotta try to protect people there. And as a private uh, company, they have the right to put their own regulations if you want to uh, go to their park. Yeah, so they can require masks and stuff, but it's still it's still puzzling. Especially, what's problematic is the push to reopen schools. It's happening not just in Florida, it's happening nationwide. Like, Donald Trump wants the school open so much to the point that, uh, that he asked the Department of Education under Betsy DeVos, the current Secretary of Education, to cut federal funding for schools if they don't fully reopen. Oof. Now, mind you, federal funding only uh, accounts for 10% of public school funding, so a lot of places won't open because of the of the threat. But still, it's very problematic that the President of the United States is like, in this moment, where you're facing exceptional budget crises, where... You won't be able to, you have a bunch of extra costs to manage this pandemic, yet while receiving less money, because, you know, people don't have jobs, people are making less, we are willing to threaten uh, additional funding if you don't reopen and put your students, your faculty, your community at risk of COVID. Hey, that's not good. That... <sighs> and it gets darker. <laughs> yeah, I think we should. Does it? I think we should take a quick. I think we should. I want to take a break now. Yeah, let's. I want to take a break. Let's take a break, okay. and then we'll 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 keep going down this rabbit hole. All right. Well, see you in a moment. <laughs> and we're back. <laughs> yep. Time to time to go into the even more depressing rabbit hole. Oh no. Yeah. So. In a push to reopen reopen America as fast as possible, Donald Trump really wants to reopen not only public schools, but universities as well. A lot of private colleges that's also involved in that. Yeah, well, most most universities and colleges are private or non-profit or whatever, but most of them are not run by states. Mm-hmm. So, in the brilliant uh, mind that is Donald Trump and Stephen Miller... <laughs> Sorry. I tried to say that with a straight face. Like, even being sarcastic, I couldn't say that. Uh, but yes. Oh, Miller. The Trump administration... Yes. The Trump administration <laughs> believes that if they ban international students, if they're taking uh, most of their classes online, it will somehow allow universities to open. Mm. So... <laughs> Uh, let, let me just let me just like breathe this in. So they believe that um, if most it, if a lot of the universities are just open online, that they will ban international students with the incentives that it a either forces universities to reopen or at least partially reopen so international students can take in person classes, or b if they're taking all online classes that they should go quote unquote home. Huh. I'm friends with a lot of international students at my school. Same. And I'm telling you, the amount of drama, or, well, the amount I'm hearing about right, uh, it right now in our little international student group chats we have, yeah, it's not very positive. It's stupid. It's bullshit. And You're already sore, so I can swear now. But yeah, it's bullshit. <laughs> like... There's not much I can do about it, though. No, that's not true. That's not uh, true. Well, I'm You're... not an American citizen. Doesn't matter. You can sign petitions. You can <laughs> message people. Also, you can just force... You can, like, uh, angrily message Union. It's like, take a bolder stance. I don't know what stance uh, Union took. Um, well, uh, they're, they're pretty quiet right now still because they have... <laughs> They have not announced half of the things. They've just recently started announcing uh, the procedure we'll have to go through to come back on campus. So, right now, they're not focused at all on political stuff. It's all focused on getting things working. Yeah. So, because I was talking to a friend about it, I actually know the responses of uh, University of Michigan, 
which I believe is a public institution. And I, of course, I go to NYU, so I know NYU's response. So NYU called this policy, uh, paraphrasing, cruel, unjust, irrational. And they said that they, that they were working with the, the government to either modify the policies or reverse them. Which is very diplomatic for NYU. Keep in mind, NYU's budget, because it's also a money thing, NYU's budget uh, is easily 40 to 50% of it comes from international students. Like international students make up, uh, I want to say 20 to 30% of NYU student body. Yeah. And, and for universities, international students are very valuable because they usually pay full tuition. So they help subsidize uh, American students, which is one part of why the Trump uh, Trump administration's plan makes absolute zero sense, because international students help non-international students pay for college. Not enough, though, because record student debt, but they make it a lot better than if than if they weren't there. Well, the way you can get your scholarship is because they're using the money from people who pay full tuition. Exactly. And most of the people who pay full tuition are international students. They're not domestic students. Like, there might be a handful of them, but the vast majority do not. Like, I saw these things, like, uh, for Princeton, for example, the average cost of, like, uh, for how much someone actually pays to go to Princeton has been going down over the last couple years. And that has nothing to do with, like, tuition staying at the same price or tuition going down. It has to do because of international students. So, as just a purely economic benefit, it makes no sense. So it's because it brings money from other countries into the U.S. Exactly. This is a net win. There's no trade deficit. This is a net win. International students, uh, like I found this that international students provide up to $45 billion in additional economic input, output. Like, they provide $45 billion to the economy. They help employ... Was it forty thousand employees in the United States? Mm-hmm. So international students are a win. International students help us economically. They help us culturally. They help us ha- have a greater perspective of the world. Like I am grateful for every person I've met in college. I'm grateful for the different cultures I've had to experience. Different. People were they're telling me stories of back home, whether it's Myanmar, Singapore, India, like okay. all those places, Ghana, like uh, I have some more to say about this, but also I can very much be biased on that because I myself am an immigrant in this country. Um, generally, a lot of this uh, bringing in immigrants into a country actually helps a lot economically because what you do is. Companies manage to bring some of the best talent from foreign nations, bring them into the U.S. so that they can work in a more productive manner at the headquarters of said company and such. And in some way, allowing people from abroad to go in. I understand why you want to be careful, though, because of coronavirus. But bring in people from abroad who bring in not only money, but also bring their skill to the U.S. is a major driving factor into what makes the American economy um, so great. And the American dream. The American dream. That's the idea. You come here and you establish yourself. You make yourself. You work hard. You get, And then you are successful. Yeah. Like, I don't know. None of this makes sense to me. And... Especially the timing of it. They did this in July, right? Guess what? Universities and colleges, they open up in a month. A lot of people have signed leases. A lot of people have already made commitments to come to school here. And the fact that they're not accepting anyone, any new, um, it's called F1. Uh, F1 visas is the student visa. Because they're not allowing any new F1 visas, a lot of freshmen just won't be able to go to their college that they just got into. This is already a stressful time for everyone. And right now, the Trump administration has decided to be even more malicious, even more evil than we know. And they're saying, oh, this opportunity that you work hard for, because it is very hard for an international student to get into any of these U.S. schools. 
it is far harder to get uh, from to get from a foreign country to get into an American university, especially at the elite college level. Yeah, it is basically saying a big f you to all of them, to all those freshmen. I mean, in a the in administration. a stressful time. The administration itself, I feel, would be doing that. A lot of colleges right now are suddenly panicking and trying to do their best to provide um, what they can to these students. Um, A couple of universities I've heard are offering these one-credit classes that are in-person for international students. Yeah, they're they're trying... uh, The the thing is, these colleges know that they need these international students, so they're doing what they can to keep them, to make sure they stay. The problem is, I also know... A lot of international students have already said, okay, I'm going to turn around and just study in my own country at this point because it's not worth it, or study in Europe or someplace like that instead. Yeah, or they'll go to Canada. We are actively harming ourselves in the short term, long term, medium term, however you want to look at it. It makes no sense. That is one year of students, and I tell you, each year is, well, actually, no, it's not really, but each year is about 25% of the earnings for college. Well, the reason it isn't is because sometimes it gets more expensive as you go advanced throughout each year of college but that's that's a different thing yeah but i'm just saying it just makes no sense international students the the trump administration should love them (laughs) they they give us money and this is a pure economic uh case they give us money at relatively no cost to for ourselves they help subsidize american students so they can get a better education they import quote unquote American values at, at this point. I'm not even sure what that is because the Trump administration continues to be xenophobic, racist, and I don't know, <laughs> stupid. Like, I don't, I, just, I've been mad like this whole week just talking about it. And I was like, I don't understand the rationale. I can't understand morally, it's, it's morally, this is re- reprehensible. You can't say, you have to get out of here. Medically, doesn't make sense. A lot of international students coming into the United States are in countries that are handling the pandemic better than the U.S. Healthcare-wise, by coming to the U.S., they're putting themselves more at risk than they're coming into the U.S. I mean, they're coming into the U.S. because their future paved such a path, and it seemed like the best option for them to follow. Yeah. So medically it doesn't make sense. Morally it doesn't make sense. Um, ethically doesn't make sense. Practicality doesn't make sense. Like, I don't know. Um, the only it was like the only thing I I can't I couldn't think of anything. Like I was just I was trying my hardest to find some way this makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, so this morning, I was listening to uh, The Pivot, a podcast, and uh, one of the co-hosts is uh, Scott Galloway. He's an NYU professor, and he was talking about this. That name sounds really familiar. He's, he's very famous. He's like, he has his own show on Vice, etc. Like, he's a very popular figure. Okay. And so he was saying this, uh, paraphrasing. He was saying that the only rational explanation he could think of is that the Trump administration look at where most of these international students go. They, they go to these universities, and universities are basically an economy onto themselves, right? Yep. And a lot of those economies, a lot of these uh, like universities and stuff, tend to lean liberal and left. Now, we could argue why uh, universities are lean left or whatever, but I'd say because one party celebrates intellectualism and expertise and the other ones are like um masks are killing me or something i don't know some bullshit like that and so the rationale is saying is like so the trump administration at this own the libs at every turn point decided that you know what blue states are already struggling because of coronavirus so let's give a bigger F you to all those states by saying that your um, international students can't come to the U.S. Well, and out of all the possible things I could think of, that somehow made the most sense. Like the Trump administration will take a pirate victory just to achieve its goals. Well, in general, okay, we're kind of going to go off topic here. 
But the view on what I have within politics in the U.S., it's more about strategy and um, optimizing your wins in an election than it is about doing things for the greater good of the country. Unless it but it's not for the greater really, good. really counts. And I think both parties, though, are in some way responsible for approaching politics in that manner yeah, yes the political system is is like broken etc but it's the idea of like you have to it is not enough to have your point win over over theirs right it's to the point that you have to destroy the opposition at any cost possible even if it hurts yourself yeah i guess but you would we're, rather we're, we're, we're <laughs> starting to go off topic here i just want to point that out yeah but things that are happening so um things are happening universities are fighting back beyond just basic statements like uh you miss nyu etc have done um harvard and mit have joined together to sue the federal government okay yeah that's that's an interesting one that i saw in the show notes and i've never california I've been so, so proud of those two schools the california state school uh, the UC system and the state of California separately have filed lawsuits against the federal government. For that specific uh, visa um, yeah. problem. Okay. And I'm exp- uh, so the deadline that the that universities have to give the education department of how they're going to run your campuses is coming up next week. So I'm sure a lot of univers- a lot more universities will either join in lawsuits or do something. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wait, so there's a federal guideline on how colleges should approach all this. Uh, well, there's, they just have to notify. I don't think there's any guideline. Or if there is a guideline, Trump probably told them to throw it away, like he did for the public school guideline. Hmm. So basically, we might not even know if there was a guideline in the first place. Or basically, we'll know that there should have been a guideline, but it never actually arrived. Well, we'll see because everything gets leaked. So if there was a guideline that gets thrown out, we will see that. Talking about if leaks. If there's currently one that we don't know about, we'll find out. Talking about leaks. Uh, remember that Russia uh, bounty problem? Oh, yeah. The thing that I casually mentioned last episode. Yeah, uh, that became kind of big. But also a uh, little action has it been taken confirmed. against Russia about that. And more action has been taken to find a whistleblower within the White House who... Uh, leaked the information no this white house is not accountable to any actions like um so there was a couple of case supreme court cases right that happened this week and it was about can can uh can uh, investigators uh demand uh files from the trump administration right and one of them is like can congress ask for records and can this a state prosecutor ask for evidence they're two different cases, but one of them, the state prosecution one, this is what Trump's lawyer said. Again, I'm paraphrasing because I never have these quotes in front of me, but it's like the president can the president while he's in office cannot be investigated for a crime. He cannot be convicted of a crime. And like he is above the law, basically. And the judge, the one of the judges before I went to the Supreme Court had asked him, uh, so say, for example, Donald Trump shoots someone in the middle of Fifth Avenue while he's president of the United States. Could, could New York City or New York State investigate and prosecute him? And the lawyer said no, not while he's in office. This is a president who actively thinks that he is above the law. And I'm happy that the Supreme Court shot it down and said no. You can investigate the president, especially because it follows precedent from uh, from uh, Clinton and uh, Nixon. But the president of the United States genuinely thought he was immune from investigation. I'm not talking about prosecution from the law. He thought he was immune from investigation of any crime. Hmm. This is the president of the United States. Well, isn't it that the president? within um while in office cannot be brought into court for a crime or what is it already um no it just says that uh to for there's no such thing the president can be brought to uh, can can be brought to a court he cannot be removed 
as president by a normal ju- judiciary process. It's only by impeachment. But there's nothing in the Constitution that says the president is, has immunity from crimes or prosecution. In fact, the Clinton case that I brought up earlier said, so in the legal system, there's different categories. So like criminal charges are the most serious ones, right? Yep. Civil ones are the, are, are, can be serious, but they're, they, they can't get you in jail. Mm-hmm. So in the Clinton case, uh, Clinton had said that he, that he is immune from civil liabilities, like civil suits, while he's president. Yeah, that's more what I think I had in mind. Yeah, and he lost a Supreme Court case. The Supreme Court said that, uh, said that no, you are not immune from civil cases. And civil cases have less... How do I say it? I don't want to say they're less serious, but they, uh, but they have less uh, severity to them than criminal cases. Yep. But yeah. Um, I think we should take another break before we ju- jump in in our last topics. Uh, we're going to get into technology, though. Yeah, this one is a pure... Well, not pure tech. It, it's still in the vein. Yes, but uh, it's going to be a little bit less depressing, I guess, than the previous two. Alright, well, let's take a break now. See you guys. Hey guys, we're just taking a small break. We appreciate the support that we've gotten, and we wanted to give back to a friend of the pod. So if you want a quality homemade lip gloss, check out. Visit my website for quality homemade lip glosses at babygloss.com. It leaves your lips so moisturized and smoke. Just check it out, guys. If you're interested, visit the website or follow on social media. Details are posted in the show notes. And we're back. And we're back. Now, on our slightly less depressing uh, bet, let's talk about social media. Uh, First up, (laughs) audible groan. Yeah. First up, Facebook. Ah, Facebook. Well, don't there a few issues with civil rights right now? Yeah. Alright. So, background for this. Uh, So, Facebook has been investigating itself. It's been very... It's try. It's quote unquote trying to be self reflective of its previous actions over the last couple of years. So they started a, an audit, right, of their own actions, and they're just trying to see how they can do better as a company, how they can, you know, not polarize the U.S., not make people believe that vaccines cause autism, you know, try to be a betterment to society. And the, the this is keep in mind this audit was made by Facebook itself. And they only analyzed Facebook. They didn't analyze Instagram or WhatsApp. They just analyzed the main Facebook app. And here's a quote from the audit. The vexing and heartbreaking decisions Facebook has made that re- uh, represent significant setbacks for civil rights. So their audit um, didn't come out probably as they wanted it to. Definitely not. It's, keep in mind, it's, the company made this own audit. And, you know, when you're investigating yourself, you tend to take yourself, it's, you're, you tend to be nicer to yourself, right? Yeah, well, the thing is, I can't trust Facebook, even if they're auditing themselves. Maybe they are not, like, ruining civil rights. <laughs> no, but I'm, sorry, but I'm saying, like, in an audit where you're looking at yourself in a, pos- a more positive lens, the words vexing and heartbreaking... And significant setbacks for civil rights are not good signs. If that's them going easy on themselves. Well, we're, we're saying they're going easy. We, they, I'm sure the Facebook's like, no, this is a hard, critical look at ourselves. And if that's the words that you're using to describe, then I'd agree it's, it's, it's critical. I'm just saying it could be potentially worse than they disclosed. Uh, yeah. They're saying, or at least it's enough to know. Yeah, this is not good. A significant setback to civil rights. Jesus Christ, Facebook. They're saying that they themselves have caused a significant setback to civil rights. Yeah. So Facebook has a lot of issues. They have uh, issues with election interference in 2016. Uh, They found studies that in the U.S. at least, it's not universal, but in the U.S. at least, uh, that Facebook has led to increases in partisanship and polarization. Um, 
Facebook has all these issues dealing with like online harassment, bullying, etc. You, you know what you're and, making me think of? What? Um, okay. This is a little bit off topic, but there's a YouTube channel called Smarter Every Day. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the guy in this YouTube channel did a really interesting series where he went to multiple major American social media companies and approached them to discuss how are you approaching all these problems with, for example, uh, manipulation and such online with fake news and all that stuff. I think it was Facebook, YouTube, Reddit, and Twitter. I don't, I'm not 100% sure about YouTube, actually, but I do know it was Facebook, Reddit, and Twitter, which he approached as companies. And it's a relatively interesting set of videos to watch. I don't know how much you can trust everything they say in there, but it's well presented. And at least it's done with representatives of each company. I mean, it's going to be a problem. All these issues are problems with a a um, an automated system that's supposed to recommend you videos or recommend you posts that keep you engaged in the site. They want you to feel polarized. They want you to feel attacked because you're more likely to respond. You're more likely to engage with the content. That's what happens when you have an ad-supported revenue model. Yeah, because the way the algorithms work is that they try to learn what's most effective. And unfortunately, as it turns out, what's most effective is to get people polarized and such. What was it? Uh, CGP Grey, he had like a Rage Machine video, something like uh, that? He had this video which he titled, uh, This Video Will Make You Angry. Yeah. And it's just about, he basically tries to put in fake information telling you, if you're watching this video, I've made something so it makes you feel angry. But honestly, it was just, then he explained the whole thing as to like, yeah, it's completely false, but for some reason your mind is a little bit convinced about it. And then of course... You're a little bit convinced about this, and it will suddenly get viral. And he explains how a lot of this viral content uh, spreads so quickly, especially on the internet. Yeah, so this is where, like, especially this is why you see there's this whole rise in, in cancel culture. It like all of this is amplified by this idea, which is why like a lot of people are saying like they should have a revenue, like they should have a subscription based uh, social media. Which, to me, I don't like the idea that much, but, like, it makes sense. To remedy the issue of an ad-supported model, then and a subscription is what you do to counter it. Hmm. But, like, that's, that's its own issue that we can talk about another time. But let's talk about actions that Facebook has been taking since, like, the Black Lives... Not even since. We're currently in the Black Lives Matter protests. Like, it's, like, two months old, one month old, whatever. It's still going on. But, like... Yeah, we talked about the advertising boycott um, last episode, and we see that it's happening, having a greater effect right now. Although, if you listen to Sheryl uh, Sandberg, the CEO of Facebook, this the ad boycott had nothing to do with the decisions Facebook has made to curb hate speech and to crack down on people who are uh, on harassers. That is completely a separate event. <laughs> um. But yeah, so so they're doing that. Uh, Facebook and Instagram also announced that they are uh, banning uh, posts and ads that are advocating for conversion therapy. Oh. Okay. So good for them. And like they're they're being stricter on uh, on things that they're just being really they're really being stricter on their on their videos and ads that's that like promote some sort of harm or um harassment or xenophobic uh, not xenophobic that's allowed uh sexist racist homophobic uh content so facebook said that, that they're doing more to combat that and apparently facebook is considering uh removing political ads from its platform well, considering that right now, uh, we're very much getting into the, the, the prime time of political election ads. I don't know. Yeah, we kind of forgot about that because of COVID, but... <laughs> oh, well, uh, this last week or two weeks, I've started seeing ads all over the place online, especially like... Some of these ads are really good. Which ones? Uh, there's one where uh, Trump says, like, the U.S. keeps winning, we're going to keep winning, America number one, and it just shows the amount of uh, coronavirus cases day by day. 
and it's just... Oh, yeah, no, it's completely political, and it's very, very much made to emotionally uh, get you. Um, it's, made, it's made to pull on an emotional side of things, I feel. A lot of this advertising. Yeah. Of course. Uh, but, but, like, I'm getting it for both Trump and Joe Biden right now. I just see their face all the time, every day, whenever I go on something on the internet. It's it's kind of starting to... For some to reason, YouTube, YouTube thinks that I like Donald Trump because they keep giving me Trump ads. Okay, I'm it's getting... Like, I talk about him a lot. I'm getting I more don't Trump like him. ads than I am getting Joe Biden ads, but I just feel partially that's because there's more money being thrown into YouTube by Trump. Possibly. Because uh, Joe Biden's actually raised more money than Donald Trump this month. Well, yeah. It's just, I, I don't know. Uh, but right now is when all the political advertising finally starting to show up. And it's going to be very interesting because I'm sure it's a huge source of revenue in this current moment. The summer right before the election. Of course. And uh, another big, like, in uh, political election news and social media, TikTok. Oh, TikTok. TikTok's under fire. TikTok's getting banned. Well, that's at least what everyone's saying right now. Yeah. So, um, TikTok is uh, TikTok is the brand new social media that came out this year, and for a lot of people, have been the only thing keeping them sane during COVID. And you know, TikTok is like it's it's a pretty fun app when I'm on it. Like I have a good time. Some of my friends do some stuff that are yeah, funny. Yeah, you have a TikTok. I don't post any videos. You won't see me there, but like, uh, yeah. You have an account yes. on your phone. And yeah, yes. on your phone. So China is spying okay. on me. <laughs> well, well, that's the uh, fear that China is spying on me. <laughs> unfortunately, there is a lot of evidence that the app has access to information on your phone that you would not be aware it does. Uh, yeah, the, they had your clipboard on it, which apparently every social media company had. Yes, it, it, like the problem LinkedIn is that it, it's a lot of apps actually also have access to all this information. I feel like one big thing is that it's the, the concern is also because TikTok is connected to Tencent, I believe. Uh, I'm not sure, well, but I, I know t- TikTok is owned by ByteDance, which is a Chinese company, and every major Chinese company is very close to the CCP. Yes, so it it is politically affiliated. Um very much so and also there's a lot of evidence of censorship and such on tiktok oh yeah i heard something about that when you mentioned like Uyghurs. so uh that's just something to point out why uh, a lot of people are very strongly opinionated about this social media platform and this podcast is officially banned <laughs> been banned in china <laughs> uh not not it's not funny but like why are we even allowed in the first place I have no idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> check if uh, our podcast provider uh, actually works in China. That'd be really interesting. I'll check that later. Um, but yeah, so that that's a big thing. And also because of the stuff that's been happening in like Hong Kong, where they passed a new like security law, where basically the uh, two systems, one country thing just got kicked out of the kicked out. Like that's not a thing anymore. It's one country, one system. China rules it, rules the world. Uh, China rules Hong Kong, and uh, Hong Kong no longer has its autonomy. And because of that, TikTok actually took itself out of China, uh, out of Hong Kong. And uh, Twitter and Facebook are thinking about doing the exact same thing. Hmm. Uh, yeah, about that. Um, goodbye, Hong Kong, as being an exclusive economic zone within China, and. Uh, it's finally not going to be treated the way it was before anymore. I think a lot of governments are asking for companies to pull out of Hong Kong, I think. Or at least yeah, a lot changing of companies the have been doing that. legality of how functioning Hong Kong is. Yeah, a lot of companies have been pulling out of Hong Kong. And uh, actually, Australia and the UK, two countries who have notoriously strict immigration systems, are like, million of Hong Kong citizens come to our country. Well, there's a very special connection they have to Hong Kong. So I'm not actually yeah. that surprised by the whole immigration change. I mean, also, I think Australia wants to do it to, to like stick it to China. Yeah. But I, I want to say, like, I, I, I would, I'm not surprised to hear that about Australia and the UK. But 
it's very much a thing. They're trying to bring the Hong Kongers out and they want to get uh, people... Well, because of the whole situation, a lot of Hong Kongers are scared currently of what's going on. Yeah. And they should be. It's going to be a weird new time in Hong Kong. Wasn't it supposed to last till 2050? Uh, the two systems thing? Yeah. Yeah. Supposedly. I th- was it even binding, though? It was it was supposed to be binding, but like, who's gonna enforce it? True. Uh, I was just curious about that, huh? Yeah, that's really unfortunate. Yeah. Well, it's the world. And um, going on, since we're still on the TikTok news, TikTok also got banned uh, in India. Actually, India banned like every social media company. Chinese American idiot carriers is banned them. So, I don't know what Narendra Modi is thinking, but that's problematic. Well, For TikTok, it's, it's their largest market that they just I lost. I don't want to say there like... was a war between India and China, but wasn't there some minor military conflicts at a border at uh, some point? Yeah, there was a skirmish where, uh, like, I think two dozen Indian soldiers died. Yeah, uh, so it's minor because it wasn't like an actual, oh, we're going to war. But there was a border incident. That led to deaths, and there's now a lot of tension between India and China. More than before, but there's a lot of tension. Yeah, but I'm saying that India is, like, banning social media. Like, not just TikTok was the first thing they banned, but they're also banning, like, Facebook and other stuff. Yeah, because India, I think, wants to really be able to build themselves as an independent economy and superpower. Yeah, but there's, you're, you're seeing this joke... Uh, geopolitical rambling like all over like the u.s is planning on is considering banning uh tiktok like the u.s military already did so a lot of u.s company amazon said they mistakenly uh asked employees to delete tiktok but uh wells fargo said uh they should employees should uh delete tiktok a lot of other companies have said like uh, they're evaluating TikTok, like a lot of tech companies especially. Yeah, because it, it's a security concern. Yep. I mean, it's just a continuation of, like, the whole 5G. Is China going to spy on us using 5G? That is the only concern about 5G, not stupid. 5G causes coronavirus because most of the world does not have 5G, yet Brazil has a lot of corona. But, yeah. You, do we do we have some happy news? This this is like all right. We're gonna end soon, so let's try to throw in some positive news. Yeah, let's find let's find some positive. Oh, I have a iOS fourteen on my phone, and my phone is not dead yet. Oh yeah, uh, Apple has released a public beta of iOS fourteen. Yeah, I I only tried out on on my phone. I didn't try it out on anything else, but on my phone, it works relatively ish well. There's a couple bugs that I've noticed, especially when it comes to Bluetooth. But for the most part, my phone isn't bricked, and it's working. And I'm really enjoying the new features iOS 14 has, especially picture-in-picture. Didn't you used to have a developer uh, account? Yeah, that was a couple years ago. Uh, I got rid of it when I... Yes, I stopped paying for the developer's account to get uh, experimental beta software on my devices. Okay, now I do it but for now free. Now you do it for free. Oh, okay. <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, but yeah, I really enjoy picture in picture. Like I can be running Netflix while texting people. It's no longer a choice now. I can do both at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I'm an Android user. I've been doing that for a good while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who, who cares? I, we get it now. Um. Uh. Wait. No. No. I think there's one really cool feature Apple implemented. Oh, it's the Scribble. Where you can actually uh, scribbles write... on iPad. Okay, um, that's I think the one unique uh, feature that I haven't seen getting implemented in Android yet. Technically, uh, Samsung has it, but Samsung has every feature. It just doesn't work well. Yeah, true. Uh, okay, I'm gonna praise Apple though on how well they uh, implement everything. Yeah, I didn't at get least to try every out time the they implement a new feature, they almost do it right. Almost. Uh, I'm not going to talk about Apple Maps. That was a whole mess. Apple Maps is good now. It was a whole mess, I said. It was a terrible mess. Horrific. (laughs) (laughs) Like, No Man's Sky uh, release uh, horrifically bad. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I didn't run it on my iPad yet because I 
don't have a good enough iPad to run all the new features. But on my phone, it's great. And I didn't put it on my computer because, you know, uh, my computer is my life. So I don't want to put experimental software on my computer and have it potentially die. You don't have more than one computer either. So it's not like you can have one to experiment on and the other to do all your important stuff. I mean, I don't have, I don't have more than one phone either. I just put it on my phone. <laughs> All right, so I guess that's our good news. My phone is still working. <laughs> uh, I'm wondering if there's any like cool news on the environmental side of things, because that's always some kind of win, in my opinion. Hey, like, uh, Tesla is like now the most valuable automaker in the world. Cool, electric cars finally getting up there at the top. I mean, it's what four out of a hundred cars sold uh, are electric, so it's not really that impressive. Generally, I, we're, str we're, we're struggling it's, it's, for good news. It's it's an increase, and generally, even a minor increase uh, can have actually a major impact on the way things are going. Yeah, so the environment is maybe getting better. That's our good news. And with that, I think we're done for t for this episode. Oh, uh, well, this is more personal, but I recently bought a new piece of audio equipment that I'm really looking forward to receiving, and I can tell you guys about it next episode. Yeah, because we're all we're already running long. Perfect. So yeah, yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Please, uh, wait. You share. can't really leave a a review on Apple Podcasts, but yeah, share and like tell people about our podcast and let us know what you think of our podcast. Oh. We really appreciate any and all feedback that we get. Wait, how can and, you guys let us know? I mean, DM us. I don't know. <laughs> For those who, have, for those who can contact us, tell us if you. Oh, we have an Instagram. Actually, we should plug yeah. that in right now. Intersect pod, uh, intersect underscore pod at, on Instagram. There's a Facebook page. Uh, there's a Twitter page that I need to update. So yeah, we're getting there. And uh, if you guys really want us to get a Twitter, should we consider that? Oh, we have a Twitter. I just don't use Twitter. Okay, cool. <laughs> so yeah, you can follow us, uh, follow us on social media. All those things are in the show notes below. And thank you for listening. I was about to say watching. Thank you for listening. Uh, Michael says bye. Noah says bye. Or yeah, goodbye. Love you guys. See you in two weeks. Yeah. Mwah. 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 Okay, we're done. <laughs> <laughs>